Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. So welcome to the podcast. Tell me, what would you like a reading about? Well, the third satin return. What exactly does that mean for me? Hmm. So you were born February 19th, 1940, 3.30 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois. And I was so excited that you reached out wanting to talk about the third Saturn return because there's not that much information out there about the third Saturn return. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Yeah, I have. And I talked to my daughter a little bit about it, but not that much. So I'm really curious as to what's coming. You know, here I am at the, I can't say at the very end, but you know, in the third quarter of my life. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And so what does that mean to someone like me? So, so there's like a lot of things I'm going to say. The first thing is, it is a relatively new thing that people are living to their third Saturn return, right? And so like, when we consider how ancient astrology is, over the course of human development. To live to into your 80s means living into transits that most humans over the course of time have not lived to, which is right. just super cool and also like weird. I don't know. It's like a cool thing to think about. Because of that, and also because I think the internet skews young. And so if you're Googling things, you know, or if publishers are taking on a book, they're often like skewing towards young people. And yes. it's not it's not towards millennials or Gen Z's. It's just always people who are like under 35. Right. I want to just like acknowledge that. And I and I want to tell you from there a bunch of things. What you don't know is that your set and return does not begin until drumroll, please. 2027. Until 2027. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. You are very pre Saturn return. You're not feeling your Saturn return yet. But the reason why you feel that way is because there's these other transits that lead up to the third Saturn return that you'll be hard pressed to find information about on the Internet for all the reasons I just mentioned. And you're going through them. And one of the transits that you're going through is called the Uranus conjunction. Uranus takes approximately 84 years to move all the way through the Zodiac. And so currently, Uranus is exactly where it was when you were born. Huh. Yeah. And that, my friend, is a massive deal. The Uranus conjunction to Uranus. So when we talk about like the Saturn return, this is like the Uranus return. That's okay. the other way of saying it. This transit is as big a deal as the Saturn return. But again, it's knew that humans are living to it as much and not just living to it, but living vibrant lives, often still working for better or worse, all these kinds of things. And so what the Uranus conjunction or the Uranus return is about is kind of this feeling of my life is changing. Some of this is about body, but a lot of this is about 
spirit, and psyche. It's like the things that have been important to you, that have been driving for you, are changing really quickly. Mm-hmm. And this transit can have you feeling very activated, but also redirected. Yeah. 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 In your birth chart, you have Uranus in the 10th house, which is the place of career. This is not in any way divorced from work for you. So let me know, like, what is it that you do? And are you still working? Yeah, I'm I'm an actress. Surprisingly enough, this last couple of years, what I was interested in doing has shifted. Mm. But it's still within the acting. But I realized that I think I wanted to mean something. Yeah. Um, it's not just about money for me. Yeah. And and the truth of it is that when I think back on it, it's never been about just money for me. Mm-hmm. I've lost opportunities because I've given my word to somebody that didn't have the money to do mm-hmm. whatever they were going to do. And I said, yes, I'll do it. And then something would come along. They go, are you crazy? Don't you want that? thus and so? And I thought, no, because I can't. I know it sounds crazy, but I gave my word to this mm. person. And I think this this is the right thing I should do. And so far, no matter what, what I've done, it's always, it's it's sort of been that way. So yeah, I still, I still like to act. I can't do, or I don't want to do a stage anymore, even though I love it because I don't want to work eight days. I mean, you know, I mean, that is shows. such a grueling it's, it's, schedule. It's too much yeah. for me. Well, it's interesting because in your birth chart, you have Saturn conjunct the midheaven. Mars is also conjunct your Saturn and your midheaven. That placement tells us lots of things. It tells us that you work your buns off. Like when you work, you work incredibly hard and that things don't come easy to you. It's not like things are just like handed to you. I mean, so you have some things in your chart that indicate luck, but overwhelmingly, it's not luck. It's labor for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And Related to that, your integrity and your ethics and your kind of convictions about what's right and wrong are really driving, which is, again, not always the best thing in your industry. I mean, I think it's a great thing as a spiritual person, but it's like good luck as an actor, right? And related to that, Saturn is the planet of consequence and time. And so there is a ripening of the fruit over time that occurs, right? It's like, I think I'm thinking about like, when you plant a tree that bears fruit, you can't eat the fruit off the tree for the first several years. And then the longer it's alive and well tended, the sweeter the fruit becomes. And this is very much about like Saturn in the 10th, Saturn on the midheaven. The kind of paradox or irony of what's happening for you now is that you may be getting accolades and attention and even opportunities as a result of years of labor, right? Like, again, we're talking about time, but it's happening at this exact moment as you're going through your Uranus conjunction and your Neptune opposition, which I haven't mentioned yet, but these are the two transits that occur before the third Saturn return. What they indicate kind of like as an ensuite, like as as they're together, is that you are looking towards the next cycle, which is reasonably not a 30-year cycle, what is it? The like unraveling of the mortal coil is here. And as a result, your priorities are changing, are meant to be changing. And Mm -hmm. some of that is related to your physiology, like the body is just like, yeah, eight hour days are not an option. But also in walks this Neptune opposition, 
this transit teaches about how your awareness and your priorities and your need for meaning are more driving now than before. So even if they were always important to you, this is a really powerful change. If it's going to get your precious and limited energy, it needs to be of value. And what a lot of people experience during the Neptune opposition is confusion. Like it can literally make you feel like your head is like spinning or you just got too many ideas because what Neptune does is it like creates a lot of things, including an overwhelm of energy and an overwhelm of data such that you're like, I don't know what to pay attention to. Yeah. And so I can, this all makes sense why you would be like, oh, I'm in my third Saturn return because this is so big, so consequential and so personal to you. But this is just so you know, the appetizer to the Saturn return. So get ready. <laughs> this is the whole thing. <laughs> the thing that you're meant to get, and I'll tell you, the Uranus conjunction is over in March of 2024. And the Neptune opposition is over in March of 2024, which means next spring is going to be a massively big deal for you. Because at that point, you will have changed. Now you're changing and it's chaotic and it's overwhelming. And it's like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know where to go. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to know where to go, which Everything in your chart says that you hate that, (laughs) but well, this is what's happening. But once these transits have passed, you're going to be in the kind of like buildup period towards the Saturn return where you will then be able, so after the spring of 24, be able to start planning. What do I actually want for myself next? And this is related to work for you because it's in your 10th house, but it's in no way exclusive to work. It is about creating value and meaning with the time you have. Honestly, most people turn away from worldly ambitions during the third Saturn return. And this can be a time where you teach and that can be like your kids, your friends. It doesn't have to be like teaching as a job by any means. But it's also a time where people often will be confronted with consequences for how you've lived your life over the last 80-something years, and in particular, the last 60-something years, the adult years. Within this, invariably becomes material concerns. So we're talking about like your security in your home, both the material place of your home, but also with family or loved ones, and with your body. So these are like the major themes that we want to be looking out for. And I have like, I don't want to data dump because there's so much going on in your birth chart. But I want to just like slow down and see, does that make sense? Do you have any questions? Well, it makes a lot of sense. I did a a show at this particular place that I go for gem and all of that. It was free. We took something that everybody knows and sort of changed it. And this one young woman asked me, she said, the first night we're going to go on, we only did it once. And she said, how can you sit there and so calm? Because I knew, I thought, This is not the same as my being on stage with people that are professional. This is different. but And I'm here to have a good time and hope that everybody else has a good Mm. time. Well, people loved it. Mm. (laughs) There were mistakes upon mistakes. And we just went on because that's what you do. I mean, but not only that, but there's been a lot of, there's been some young interns that have come in, not for theater, but just 
to be around older adults and to talk to them. And that, that's been very important to me, to talk to them. They've got one more week or a few days. And I said, you know, we love you like you're our grandchildren, mm. you know, you, because they're, they're high school, you know. And that is true. Yeah, That is absolutely the way I feel about them. And I want to help them as much as I can. Part of what I'm hearing also is that you're really enjoying mentoring. Like that's oh, yeah. that's part yeah. of it. That is a big piece of the building towards the Saturn return, the third Saturn return. The second and the first Saturn returns are not about mentoring. But the third Saturn return comes with it, this kind of existential confrontation with mortality and also this accumulation of wisdom through lived experience. One of the like beautiful parts that comes out of the third Saturn return is the ability to mentor in a different way than anyone of any other age really can. Because again, the third Saturn return is such an accomplishment. Like, I think it's weird that we get less happy birthday oriented as we age. It's like, well, it's it's an accomplishment to be 25, but it's a really an accomplishment to be 84. I mean, that's the damn accomplishment. That's where we should have like ribbons and balloons and shit, personally. But I will say that working with people that feel like family Mm -hmm. is really important for you. And so if opportunities kind of emerge in that direction, I think it's the way to go. I will tell you this though. You were going through all these transits, and at the same damn time, you were going through a Pluto opposition to Pluto. Now, again, the Pluto opposition to Pluto, people didn't go through this before. It's it's your generation that is the first generation to start going through the Pluto opposition to Pluto. It's just how the movement of Pluto has moved and lots of boring technical things. But the upshot is this particular transit is... A once in a lifetime doesn't happen to everybody, but is happening to your generation. You started to feel it this spring, and it's in a little bit of a remission, but it's coming back for you. And in addition, Pluto is going to square your Mars starting in February of 2024. So again, this is the spring, late winter, spring is going to be a massive change. Was anything in particular happening in the spring of this past year, 2023? I think that's when I started the series. And just like that, not something that's right around my birthday. Yeah, actually, right. It's like right after your birthday for like three months was yeah. when you went through it. the the first hit of it. The Pluto opposition to Pluto, what it does is it stimulates your survival mechanisms. That's Pluto for you. It governs our survival mechanisms. It really challenges you to stand up for yourself in a meaningful way based not just on fear or reaction, but instead on what is creative, what is life-affirming for you. And again, this is a really unique and I think very special transit because it forces you to really confront your own values and I guess, most deeply held beliefs around what you want to do with your time and energy. And what Pluto tends to do is either ask us to give things up or give us opportunities that we have to give things up in order to meet. Yeah. One of the things that I was able to talk to my daughter and my grandchildren, because there's been a lot of losses in, Mm. in my life. 
and in hers as well. And we were, t- and I was talking about my mortality. Yeah. And I said, you know what? All of us will have to go through this journey. And there comes a time when you, when I have to put this body down and move on. There was one time that I got physically sick and I knew that I could give up my body mm. and pass on, or I could stay here. And I decided to stay here because I was five, I think. So I know I, th- that kind of sounds strange, but. No, I want to just validate that because there's a couple things. The first is you're Pisces and you have Mercury in Pisces in the eighth house, which automatically gives you just that you just things kind of are clear to you. You you feel it deep in your gut and you just have the sense of knowing. And that is part of your thing. Now, the other thing is you have a moon Chiron conjunction in the 12th house. To that, I say, I actually think psychic ability runs in your mother's side of the family, but they shut it down. And so your mom shut it down as a way to get along. I think she was maybe a little threatened by it or a little like insecure around it because she shut it down on herself. But your intuitive ability is kind of like written all over your chart. And then you have Pluto conjunct the Ascendant. And unfortunately, that can put you in contact with certain kinds of suffering, right? Being around death or having your own near-death experiences. And there's really good things about this, and there's really challenging things about this, but you may really trigger people so that they have really strong reactions to you. And that will get you a leading role on stage, but that'll also get you to be like in someone's crosshairs for a reason that you can't quite tell, right? Mm -hmm. It's both. Does that that make sense, right? Mm -hmm. And because of the Pluto opposition, unfortunately, and this also happens in the third Saturn return, is that part of what forces us to confront our death, essentially, the imminence of death, whatever that means, right? Mm-hmm. Imminence is relative, is losing other people or seeing other people crumble or struggle. And I want to really validate that you are currently going through a period where you're, what that means to you is just changing. And your ability to hold it and how you're holding it and where you're keeping it inside of you is changing. And the people around you who are not also going through these transits, so people who are not your age, are going to be threatened by that a little bit because they're not there and they don't know how to or want to have such a realistic confrontation with these things. A lot of people are terrified of death. It does not look like you are terrified of death. That's right. I mean, from time to time, I'll get a little bit afraid. My dad died when I was three, two and a I'm half sorry. or three. I'm sorry. And my mom seems that she was lost the rest of her life. Yeah. And when she decided she was going to pass on, she stayed for a while because I wanted her to stay. Mm. And then when I saw how unhappy she truly, she wanted out. Yeah. And I said to her, it's okay, mom. It's okay. The same thing happened with my brother Mm. this past February. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's recent. It's been a lot. Well, it is a lot. Yeah. It's sort of like, well, (laughs) what do I do? Well, let me speak to a couple things that you're sharing other than like, I just want to acknowledge there's a, a lot of loss. And I think a lot of times young people hear about older people going through loss after loss and they're like, oh, that's part of aging. It doesn't get easy. Just because you're older doesn't mean the grief is easier to to bear. And 
having loss after loss after loss is doesn't matter how old you are. It is really heart wrenching. And so I want to just like acknowledge that. And if we are lucky enough to make it to this stage, here are the burdens of that. Right. And it's also a gift. And this is the thing I wanted to really just like validate is that there is a way that death is beautiful. And if we cannot be attached to the physical experience or to control, because it is the the greatest unknown of the human condition. You know, I, I'm a medium. I talk to dead people. I don't know what happens. I don't, nobody, there's none of us on this plane that truly know what happens. And this is one of those things that both the Uranus return that you're going through and the Neptune opposition that you're going through really confront you with, as will the third Saturn return, this more innate and embodied understanding of, oh, I I really got to let this go. Like, I really can't control this. That, in addition to your own ability, you know, that Mercury and Pisces in the eighth house, yeah, you can help people let go. You can help people let go of life when it's time. You can help people let go of stage fright if they're about to get on a stage and they're just like, ah, I'm freaking out. Like, you have the ability when you are in alignment with yourself, right? Because we all have our things. But when you're in the zone, your ability to just speak release is really powerful. Yeah. And that is something that I feel is not just a gift, but it's a gift you can give yourself as you make these transitions through your life and experience different parts of what it means to be a human in a physical experience. Let me have you say your full name out loud. Well, my I, I use it in two ways. One okay. is my professional name is Okay. And the name that I use a lot of times, like on my email and stuff, is Great. Um, Thank you. Okay. So there's like two things that are kind of coming up for me right now. One is that you just have a lot of people in spirit. And I'm just, I all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, there's a lot of people with you. And I am having this experience of how, and not for the first time, of like, oh, you know, talking to a person who has a lot of dead with them. But I'm actually able to tap into how your experience of that, because of these transits you're going through, because of the transition in your life, which only happens at the age you're at, you can feel them. There's like a, a greater closeness. It's almost like the the boundary between living and dead. It's it just shifted a little bit, and it's not bad and it's not good. It's just it like is. it just is. It just yeah. is. And within that, it's weird. It's it, within that there's grief and love, and if you can kind of like let go. If you can let go into it, it's just kind of this piece. Having a felt awareness, like an emotional awareness of those who've passed on is an affirmation that death of the body is not the end. Yeah. And that is, for some people, terrible news, (laughs) to be honest. Some people are like, get me out of here and I want it done. (laughs) But I don't think that's what you're experiencing at all. It is fair to consider the three Saturn returns. And I guess there are some rare individuals who have four, but there's I couldn't speak to the fourth. It's kind of like there's a it would be fair to think of these as as different acts, right? Of the play of life. The first 
cycle of Saturn that brings you to your first Saturn return is your childhood. The second one brings you to your adult years. And this third one that you were pretty quickly approaching, it brings you to this whole other embodiment of wisdom within your life. And I do not feel like in English or in American society, we have the right term for it. Like senior citizen, I feel like it's got so much shitty connotation to it. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like we don't have the right word for it. And we need that because you're stepping into this phase of life that maybe it's appropriate that there isn't a name for it. Because again, it's about non-attachment. It's not about that exactly. But I feel like it would be better for people of all ages if we had more integration with people of all ages, which we really don't anymore, unfortunately. There was one time, and I've, this has happened to me a couple of times, but not this particular incident, when I felt really lonely. And I was here in my apartment, and I was sitting on the sofa, and I had this feeling that there was a presence mm. sitting next to me. And I thought, oh, boy, I am not on this journey alone, that there is something that connects me and and everybody else if we would just slow down and tap into it that is exactly right and it's interesting looking at your birth chart because there is a part of you that's like no you bear down you work hard you do what you can more 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 hotter faster right like you've got that very strong in your chart but then literally the rest of your chart is love and connection is the only thing that actually matters slowness supports non-attachment and non-attachment supports actual peace and success. Absolutely. You have both of these parts of you and they, I wouldn't even say they duel for, for prominence. I would just say like, sometimes you're the fire and sometimes you're the water. It's just, it's what, it's what and who you are. And so I will say this, I kind of referenced that Pluto is going to start squaring your Mars in February of this upcoming year, 2024. At that time, I imagine that you are going to have a major opportunity and it may show up around your career. So it may be that you get some big opportunity to do something that's really important to you. And it may be that you get an opportunity to do something that's really big and it may not be important to you. This kind of like us talking about, like I'll shorthand call it like your fire and water, right? Mm -hmm. Like the parts of you that are like, just I want more versus I want the right thing. I want to be in alignment. This is an important theme for you to keep on returning to over the next, I would say, like four or five years, because the point is truly meaning. The point is truly connection. If we seek connection and meaning through others or through external things outside of connection to the self or at the expense of connection to the self at this phase of life, now that you're in your Uranus conjunction, your Neptune opposition, moving towards that third Saturn return, it's too expensive. It's not worth the cost. As you know, devastating fires have shaken Hawaii and the people there need your help. If you've ever been a tourist in the region and enjoyed any of the magic and beauty of the lands, this is the time to give what you can. You can lend support by donating at any of the links that we've dropped in show notes. Even a small gift can make a huge difference in this time of crisis. Related to that, your daughter, and she lives in the same town. Is that right? Yeah. Will you say her name? We're going to beep it out. Well, it's... And does she have kids? 
Yes. Three. Okay, so there's three. Okay, I was seeing two or three. But is she with a partner? Yes. She is still with that partner. Okay. Yeah. When I look at her energetically, it looks like, remember those old cartoons where there would be somebody about to jump out of a window and somebody else running around with the thing to catch them? Your daughter is the one who's running around with the thing trying to catch someone about to fall out the window. Like that is her. She's kind of hypervigilant and always concerned about like what could go wrong and how can I help? And I think being able to communicate those parts of you that are really at peace and have acceptance with even some of the hard stuff is a good thing to share with her, both so that she's less worried about you because she is worried about you. You you know that your daughter's very worried about you, right? Yeah. Okay. But also to model it for her because she sees this about you, but she also sees that part of you that's like, or we could burn the whole thing down. Like she she knows both parts. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She. She knows you. She knows you. And so she's like, okay, so you're calm now, but what could go wrong? (laughs) And I do think that she really respects you. She really loves you. And she's scared of what you'll do sometimes. Right. And you're in a place in your life where it's not going to cost you a whole lot to share with her more of your own process around non-attachment and your willingness to run into the flames sometimes and how that you understand how hard that is for her, but also how sometimes it's baptismal for you. Sometimes it's maybe a waste of your energy, but also it's your choice and you really love your choice. Like you're really a fan of that. And I don't think she fully understands that. And so as we talk about mentoring and sharing, I think that could be really healing for both of you i worry for her too Mm -hmm. she is such a kind she's she's beautiful physically Mm -hmm. and she's has a kindness and almost a naivete about Mm -hmm. her and i wanted someone to take care of her Mm. not for her to i mean not i'm not talking about the children but do you know a partner yeah her partner would... yeah her partner does not do that eh not a bit no uh-uh what you're calling naivete is i would say she believes if she takes care of the people she loves that she will get love we're talking about her partner like this is not a person who takes responsibility for who he is he is completely comfortable with assuming that she'll do it And she will do it. So he's not wrong. And it doesn't make her happy. But the bottom line is she doesn't want to be the drama. And she's willing to wear herself down so that she's not the drama. And as much as this is not great and it's not what you want for her, it is not that different than you being willing to run into buildings that are on fire. Yeah. This is like the classic thing where the child does the opposite of the parent. Because people think, oh, if I do the opposite, then I'm different. But it's just the same <laughs> because your daughter's constantly putting out fires. Yeah. Constantly putting is. out fires. She didn't set yes. the fires, but she's putting them out. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't set the fire, but I might see what it looks like to have fire in my hair. Like, you know, you just have a different way of engaging with it. Part of what I can tell you she needs is just validation that 
she believes that she's the only one who can put out fires for other people. And she does deserve validation that she does a great job. Oh, yeah. Because if you try to tell her, hey, you know what? This is not your fire. You don't have to put it out. She'll go and defend the person who started the fire. But if you just validate that she's doing a great job putting out fires, eventually she'll be like, but you know, I didn't set them, right? And that's what you want because your daughter has your your rebelliousness. Your daughter has your strength of will. It's just that she's applying it in a, in the opposite way that you did, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's the best way that you can help her. And I want to ask, like, is she trying to get you to live with her? I, I don't think, well, it's not, wouldn't work with the way that the situation is. But yeah. It, it's, she worries because I live alone, even though I'm not, I'm 15 minutes away from her. Mm-hmm. So here's my that, advice. I think she worries that she's going to call up one day and I'm not going to be able to. Am- you know yeah, what I mean? yeah and- absolutely. So, okay. So I'm going to give you this advice. And is she open to astrology? She was the one that I insist that insisted that. I- <laughs> okay, good. Excellent. Then you can share this with her. I think the two of you should sit down one day in your house, not hers, because mm-hmm. <laughs> your house is calmer. And really have a conversation about like, well, what are things that you could have? Like, you know, there's like, whatever. I don't know. They used to have like a medical alert bracelet. I don't know if they still have those. I'm assuming they do. If your daughter could research like, I don't know, like an affordable car service to bring you to and from doctor's appointments. Like Mm -hmm. what are practical things the two of you can put in place? Little things that you, the two of you could put in place, make a list of them. They don't have to happen overnight. She can tell her husband to do some of these things for you. He is capable. He just needs to be told. Little things like that will make her feel better and actually will make you feel safer, whether or not you need them or want them at this time. It's partially about you understanding. And this is is hard for you because you're so good at knowing what people need on the ethereal and spiritual level. But what your daughter needs is a list that she can check off to know that she did what she could, that she held that. What is it called? The thing that you put under the window, like the... trampoline it's like in the cartoons it's always a trampoline but like that she put the trampoline under the window and that she she angled it right so that's the nurturance she needs is that you let her create a list that you let her tick off boxes and you don't need to you can take it personally you cannot take it personally whatever's easier for you this is really to help her okay yeah because if if god forbid anything happened to you in any circumstance, she's not wired to let it go. She's not wired to be okay with it. So yeah. these are things that you can do that honestly will help you and that are good for you to have in place, but will save a lot of mental space for her. Right. And that's worth gold to you, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and so part of the, the the I think the second and the third Saturn returns are about allowing people to help you recognizing that it is a form of maturity and wisdom to let people help you sometimes because you need the help. And sometimes because letting people help you is how you build intimacy. It's how you build trust. And there are ways that your daughter helps you that I think are hard for her, but material ways are not hard for her because she, she's like a Capricorn or something. Like she like ticks boxes is what I'm saying. She's October. So, Oh, so so, she's Libra. Yeah. She's Libra. And so is my grandson. Oh, I know. He's the first and she's the 13th. Okay. Yeah. So these are Libra babies. I mean, she's got to have some sort of strong Saturn. She's got to have cat placements in there or something because she really just feels like somebody who needs 
to know she's doing things. And do you not really like that kind of help? Do you um, find it a little grating? No. Well, okay. So when I had to contact you and stuff, computers are not the easiest things for people in my age. So, absolutely. Yeah, technology is not it. Said, I don't know women your age that will still act and all of that stuff. But computers and my phone and the then yeah. I've got Siri sitting over here in this little ball. I think this is so complicated. For me. It is. So, it, you're not wrong. You're, it is complicated. Okay, we're going to, you're talking about lists. We're going to write down exactly what you're going to do to to so you can talk to her. So we had five steps. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, please don't let it be another step that I missed because I, you know, <laughs> so yeah. she was very careful. I said, okay, so there's five steps. And it was okay. Yeah. But I think what bothers me with her a lot of times, she, she's trying to do a thousand a things. A thousand things. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. At one time. And yeah. it got so bad one time that she said, I can't move. I can't raise my arms. And she oh. said, this is terrible. Oh, that's this awful. My life should go. No, it's, it, anyway. it, it isn't. So let me throw in a, a, a rule for the rules, okay? I think your daughter would do well with knowing that if there's more than three steps, you're probably not going to get it with technology. Five steps is too many steps. Three steps is the max. And if there's technology that she thinks you could benefit from that takes more than three steps, the answer is she's wrong. Because there are so many humans alive of your generation, there are simple technologies. She might not be using them. She might need to Google it to find out what they are. But you're right that like signing a contract online, for instance, like which is what you're referring to, I would say 50% of people don't know how to do that. But the people who do it all the time are just like, oh, this is easy. And it's just like there's so many things with technology that it's not intuitive. And I think it makes sense. But I understand why your daughter would want you to have all these things because they make you feel safer. And she feels like she's giving you services that right. she couldn't personally give you. So I think the thing to tell her is like, here's the new rule. If there's more than three steps, it's not the right technology. And that'll make your life a lot easier because you can follow three steps, put a post-it on it. But exactly five steps is two steps too many is what I'm seeing for you. And that is yeah. like perfectly freaking fine. Like it is fine. And as much as in the course of your life and when you were her age, you would sometimes make decisions where people are like, why would you take that path? That is a very long and dangerous path. Why that path, right? Like people might have had that attitude. Your daughter has the same stubbornness around taking care of other people. And I want to just keep on reminding you of that because it'll make it easier for you to understand because you look at her and you're like, just stop doing it and then it won't be so bad. <laughs> and, you know, how many times did you hear that when you were her yes. age, right? You know, I mean, it doesn't work. What works is validating what the person is doing so that they can then be like, oh, but I don't have to do this. Why do you think I have to do this? Like, let her rebellion not be against what you're saying. Let mm. her rebellion be against her own choices. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is yes. really uh, around how she takes care of others. And is there a boy grandchild? Yes. Just yes. one? Just one. Does he spend a fair amount of time with you? Not enough. He's He spends a lot of time alone. Okay. So I'm just, he's really standing out as like, it, this would be a good relationship in terms of mentorship. He could stand, like, if there's technology things for you to learn, he should be coming mm -hmm. over to teach you the damn technology. I think I'll bring that up. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the one. And he'll be terrible at it. Just forewarns, this is for him more than you, right? Like, he right. will be terrible at it. But 
for him to learn how to be patient and how to explain things and how to engage will be so powerful for him. And he's a great kid. He's just having a real hard time. He's creative and he's, he is. People have said to me, is it, was that your grand? He is gorgeous. I think he's a little psychic. He's touched in the way that you are, but he's a boy. And it's a lot harder for boys to kind of allow themselves to have those sensitivities. I think he's had a really hard time living through the horrors of America and also just COVID and all of these things. I think it's been really rough on him, honestly. And I think he does well in controlled environments. So he's just like in his room playing video games. Is that his thing? Right. Yeah. He's into music, eh? Oh, gosh, yes. Here's what I'm saying. Talk to him about music. If you have records or music in the house, expose him to old music, like music that you really love that you think he would love. I'm saying music, like force him to come over to teach grandma how to do the thing with technology. But then like sneak attack him into talking about music and connecting with you. It will really help him and it will be really lovely for you. And again, we're, we're kind of back to like the first thing you shared, which is around mentorship. I don't think mentorship is exclusive to to people we don't know. It's also within family. And he's just really overwhelmed by the world. And he doesn't see a future or a place in it. I mean, I don't know what's going on with his mental health. I earnestly do not know. I'm not looking at that. But I'm saying that's a very well-adjusted take on the world, right? To be a really young person today is, is quite frightening because things feel really dire. And he's depressed. He just looks depressed, honestly. And I think music will help him to get out of it. I think spending time alone with you outside of his family dynamic could also be really helpful. And honestly, I think you'd enjoy it. And I think your daughter would be really grateful for it on on a, on a lot of levels because she can't be with you as much as she wants to be. And I think if your grandson had more space at your house, that might actually be really nice for, again, for literally everybody in the family. So we're going to just like throw that into the mix. And okay. Yeah. And I'll say again, like you're going through your Uranus return. Uranus is conjunct Uranus. And this is ideally a time where your wisdom that is one through lived experience is shared with younger generations, different generations. Uranus is about difference. Again, whether it's your grandchild, your child, or like a bunch of people that you're connected to through work or play. There's a reason why it feels so important to you right now. I mean, I really think it is that important to you. And the last thing that I'm seeing that we should just check in on is around your own physical health. Are you comfortable talking about that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So your digestive system is, it, it's it's like, it's you can eat less things now, eh? Yeah. I want to validate that because it looks like, Sometimes you listen to your stomach and sometimes you're like, no, I know I like this food. I'm going to eat what I want. And then you suck. <laughs> yeah. So I would say, mm, listen to your body because it's it's changed. It just changed. OK, right. you cannot eat all the things anymore. The other thing is, how are your gums? Yes, I've, I've had a lot of trouble with my gums. Yeah. And I'm going to have two implants. Oh, no. So, yeah. So I've been taking care of that. As best I can at this point, I guess. They don't give you, they haven't given you a night guard? I did have one long ago and I don't know what I did with it. 
I think it would help your gums, basically, if you were wearing a night guard. I think a lot of times dentists don't prescribe it because it's preventative and because it, it's expensive. Like even with insurance, I think it's right. like a thousand dollars or something, which is expensive, but they're really great at protecting your gums. So do you use a water pick? I haven't, but I guess I, I do yeah. have an electric brush. Good. Electric brush. I would recommend. I mean, don't take medical advice from an astrologer, obviously, but also, you know, you got gum issues. So a water pick is a really helpful tool. And they they have them that you can use in the shower because, you know, a lot of people just don't like how water picks make your whole face wet and they're very there's nothing graceful about them. So you can use them in the shower, too. They have like, you know, and if you are interested in doing that, that's the kind of thing you tell your daughter because she can handle that for you and she will feel happy to handle that for you. So you don't have to navigate it. And how are your bones, your joints and your bones? Oh, well, I had a knee replacement in 2016, I think. Mm. Recent. And I need to re- replace the other one. Well, in the meantime, COVID came along. And after COVID, I get a letter from a hospital from special, a special surgery saying that they discovered that the knee that they've been using to replace the knee had been failing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that if I'm having any pain, that I should come in and they'll x-ray. And of course, if they have to replace the replace. I thought, oh my God, I haven't even done this other way. Oh no. Have you been having problems with it? Well, I haven't really, but both of my knees have been hurting lately. And I thought the last thing I need to do. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to, they won't do both of them at the same time because it's just too dangerous. It's too dangerous. I yeah, mean, yeah. Know. You can't recover the knee if both right. of them are are yeah. going through. So, so they they pace so it out. I, and yeah, I I mean I used to exercise all the time, and I've gained weight, mm-hmm. and I discovered that my arch I had a pretty high arch in my right leg. Yeah, I'm probably ten pounds or whatever overweight, and exercising and not having the proper shoes on. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably push the, you know, so now I'm uh, using arch support because Great. I don't want it to happen anymore. Good. So this is what I want to say about the knee situation. You could probably stand to do specific exercises to support your knee and they should be willing to give you, prescribe you some PT. It's another damn appointment for you to have to manage every week. Right. But within that, if you meet with a PT, you could say, tell me exactly what videos to watch on YouTube so I can do this at home. Because you are somebody who will exercise at home, eh? If, yeah. it's, if it's like easy enough to do. And so honestly, your daughter doesn't have the greatest knees either. So the two of you could try to do this together sometimes. I think that you could use a little bit more movement within that. I don't mean exercising like you used to. I mean, like you could do like chair exercises. If there's like a Y nearby, water aerobics is well, like... that's what I do. I have one across the street. And I also Good. take silver sneakers. And another one is stretching. Because I, what I figured out, I thought, it's not that I need more muscle necessarily. Correct. It's the stretching. Because I've shrunk. Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, you think, okay, if you shrunk, then that means that this stuff is all moved south. So I'm heavier than I. Than yeah, I, I don't think it's a weight problem, to be honest, because you have a Mars Saturn conjunction and it's getting kind of triggered right now. What it is, is about constriction of the muscles. 
So it's not related to gaining weight, which honestly, the the gaining of weight is, it looks to me like it's actually very protective and good for you. It doesn't look like it's an unhealthy gaining of weight. I mean, maybe like four of the 10 pounds are your, your health, weight looks fine. To me, it's the constriction. It's it's like the tightness of your muscle. So the stretching is really it. That's why I'm like PT. The physical therapy is going to really just be about like stretching the muscle groups around those knees. Okay. That's what I'm looking at. Because your thighs, I'm guessing they're like thighs of steel. They're really, you got tight thighs. Am I right about that? Yeah. 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 And, and that's not just muscle. That's tightness. And that tightness can be really it just, it makes the knees, which have been doing yeah. excellent, the God, the Lord's work for 84 years, they, they need a greater support. And the only other thing that shows up for me is how's your cardiovascular health? Well, I won't be able to see her until I think near the end of the year. That's another thing that everybody's going through. The doctors yeah. are retiring and you can't get an appointment. Yeah. And I think I have a little bit of plaque, but, or I, I've had cardio diet I don't know what it's called but a little bit of fluid around my mm -hmm. around my heart but nothing that's what it looks like it looks like there's nothing serious but it's a really important right. organ and it's the a, a thing kind of like you know you go to the dentist you know every quarter I think your heart health could use a little extra like th there could be something added to your routine and that might literally mean meditation something to like bring your your system down and the other thing is making appointments well in advance and again your daughter if you say to her i need these appointments could you schedule them as far in advance as they let you she can do that that doesn't ruin her life and it is easier for her than it is for you it looks like you have like classic pisces problems you keep on putting that off and then it kind of gets like all of a sudden it's a year from now instead of four months from now. So exactly. let your daughter help you with that because she would rather help you make an appointment than worry that you haven't had it. It's right. less stress for her to make the appointment than to yeah. worry. And you're just not great at letting her help you with this stuff because you don't want to have to have help with this stuff. To me, this seems like less of an age thing and more of a Pisces problem. So yeah. with that, do as you will. But overall, you look really, really healthy. Am I saying that correctly? Did I did I kind of like point to all the major yeah, health stuff? Yeah, that, it, absolutely. You know, I have this thing about I have to like who's going to work on my body. Yeah. I, I think, think if I can get PT and, and it helps. I used to get gel shots. That's how long I've had. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. To replace the fluid around. Do they do knee. that? Do they still do gel shots? Yeah, they still do. Yeah, uh -huh. I'm sure they because do. someone mentioned it. And, and I said, I used to do that years ago. Mm. I just stopped because I didn't. I got to the point where I didn't think they were doing any good. Yeah, yeah. I, like your body changes, so maybe they would be helpful again. I mean, it's certainly worth prioritizing trying to find a better knee doctor. But it's like navigating the healthcare system is a full-time job. And you have to be like dealing with online stuff and the phone and all this kind of stuff. And it is possible that one of your grandkids could help you with that too. But I do think you need help with this stuff because it is a real pain in the butt. And it is, it's kind of like a lot of labor, a lot of luck. The American healthcare system is terrible. So, and and I don't think anything is made better by the fact that COVID is spiking again. So like, again, yeah. the healthcare system is further taxed and all this kind of stuff. 
overall, you are really healthy, especially for your mid 80s. And everything you can do to kind of protect and maintain that is is a gift, right? That's right. I'm going to look into all of those things about getting the night guard again. Yes. If you see your, your dentist every quarter, ask about it. See if, you know, if you're eligible to get it for free or for cheap. And if the answer is yes, do that. And if the answer is no, ask your dentist what the best brand is. Because some of them are just like, they're not great. They're really not great. And you don't want to mess with your teeth. And you're not going to wear it if it's uncomfortable and bulky. You're not going to wear like a football player thing, right? So it has to be perfect. Yeah. Now, I want to check in one more time. Did we answer all your major questions? Yeah, my health was one of the, was one of the concerns. I don't think anyone has an easy time navigating the healthcare system. I really don't. I really don't think anybody does. This is definitely one of those things that I would encourage you to ask for help with, because I think it's like if you have someone in your life that is good at sitting around and multitasking while they're on hold, that's the person to help you. And that's your that daughter. That was her dad. That was oh, her dad. that was her dad. He could write a check, talk on the phone and talk yep. to me all at the same. Yep. Yeah. And that is I, that must be where your daughter gets it because she has that skill. It's just that she's doing 30 things instead of three things. I do think that this is something that you could really use help with yep. because once it's in place, then your care is in place and then she doesn't have to worry about you. Right. So that's right. really the, I think, going to be the thing that really helps. And maybe hope against hope, it would inspire her to have her husband or her partner do more for the kids or around the house or the things that he can do so that she can help you more, right? Like this is like, Hopefully she'll like ask him for support as you ask her for support. And there's like some sort of a, you know, yeah. <laughs> like a flow of people taking care of each other instead of her taking care of everybody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, again, I cross my fingers, but th this is this is my great hope for the situation. I'm just really glad that you reached out. And we got to do this because this is such a massive time in your life, even though you're pre Saturn return. It's such a massive time in life and it's such a privilege to get here. And you have so much good happening in your life. And I see still so much like kind of coming your way. And it's just, I don't know, it's really cool. It's like a, a really great validation. Yeah, I am mm -hmm. grateful. And that's one of the things that keeps me alive, you know, yeah. being gratitude and saying, Whatever craziness is going on in the world, but looking around and saying, you know, when I've needed help, help is showing up. So, yeah. Well, this has been an absolute joy. I thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. My pleasure. Every year they say the end is near.